Welcome to the Take Back Your Territory podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Wenland. I believe in doing work holistically, spirit, soul, and body, not just searching for the next thing to transform your outside. This is a faith-based podcast to inform you, encourage you, and set you on a path to walk in victory in every aspect of your life. Check out the book, Food Freedom, a faith-based holistic approach to shift you from defeat to victory over emotional eating over on Amazon. Head over to the website, takebackyourterritory.com for more information on coaching, to sign up for the Freedom Newsletter, download free printables, and read testimonials of those who have worked with me. Thank you for joining me today. Be well and be free. Hey everyone, this episode 144 is a freedom call from week seven where we are reframing our mindsets. We're talking about boundaries, but there are a lot of things that were kind of brought to the table um, in this freedom call. And so I wanted to make it a podcast episode where, because we can actually apply this to many different areas of our lives, not just emotional eating, um, where we're talking about discomfort, where we're talking about the narratives, where we're talking about really doing the work in our mindset in order to move forward and to take off death and to put on life. So please understand this is a freedom call. There are other people talking on the call here um, at the end, but I really just wanted to make this available to you. So please enjoy the episode. All right, so we have some new ground to cover today for, um, for this week. So Let's just jump in, and then um, after I do a little bit of teaching, then we can go ahead and bring our boundaries, and let's do an in-the-moment reframe. So, Lord, we thank you for today. Um, This is your call, Lord. We just ask that your Holy Spirit directs this call. We thank you, Lord, that we get to allow our minds to be renewed, that we don't need to listen to lies, that... um, that you are doing this hard and holy work inside of us and we get to show up and participate. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the last couple of weeks, this is where the rubber has met the road in essence, where um, I'm sure once you started this program, you were at a place where you're like, can we just get to the food? Can we just get to the boundaries? Can we just get to, to the stuff that I can actually apply to my life rather than this heart work? And so the last couple of weeks have been where um, we have actually taken all of the things that we've learned, we've taken our why, we've taken our awareness, we've taken maybe our inability or ability to, to listen to our bodies, to abide by the hunger scale. And it really came down to last week of when we were putting in our boundaries and we were putting in our declarations. So this week, um, we go after reframing old mindsets where we are provoking this part of our self, this alternate, opinionated, sabotaging um, part of our self that has probably been the reason that we have not been able to stick to a diet or get the weight off or stop emotional eating, that this alternate part of us, it is part of us, um, is something that we do not need to listen to, that we do not need to validate, but we can actually fully separate from that part of ourselves 
and, and still walk in freedom. So here's, I've said this a million times, but I'm going to say it again. We can control three things in this life. What we think, what we say, and what we put into our mouths. And if that is the only control that we have, even just being able to control the thoughts that are going in our head, control the narrative that is being spoken in our heads, um, to, to take thoughts captive, to line them up with the word, to line them up with truth, to say, this is a lie, this is an opinion, this is not true for me, that is a superpower, right? So I'm going to start off with two examples. Um, well, maybe it's one example. But I used to be a marathon runner. I was an ultra marathon runner, which means I ran more than 26.2 miles in one day. And then, but I first started out as a regular marathoner, <laughs> which in, in the world that I used to be in, people would say it's just a marathon. Um, but I remember the days where, where a half marathon was scary to me. Um, and technically right now it is. So here's what I'm going to say. So I started running back in 2009. I was challenged by my father-in-law who was a, a marathon runner. And he said, Hey, if you guys will get healthy at this time, I only had one child and I was about 265 pounds. And he said, Hey, if you guys will get healthy and you will train to run a half marathon, I will take you both to Disney world and with Aubrey, our oldest. And so, um, over about, I would say eight to six to eight months, I started eating a little bit better. Um, I really started digging into nutrition. I was able to take off about maybe 30 pounds and I ran my first half marathon at 225 pounds. Now, I was two minutes from the cutoff. The cutoff was three hours and 30 minutes. I came in at 328. I couldn't walk for like three days after that. But what happened was it was the first time in my life where I did something that I didn't think was possible. And the narrative that played in my head the entire time was you can't do this. You're such a failure. What are you doing? you need to stop it. This is not who you are. Because the narrative that was in my head, the thoughts that were in my head, the tape that was playing was all, it was cynical, it was critical, it was failure mentality, it was fear, it was, I mean, I would lined up at the starting line. Now this is in Florida in January and I was from Minnesota. So the only thing that I had going for me was that it was 30 degrees which was 20 degrees warmer than I was used to at the time. Everyone else was wearing parkas and like five layers. I was in a t-shirt and a hoodie. It was raining. I'm like, this is heaven right here because this is my sweet spot. I am, I'm a cold weather. I'm a hearty girl. And so the person that I was in 2009 and 2010 was the person that allowed life and allowed my parents and allowed the critical voice to define me. And so anything that I did, whether it be run or raise my family or try to lose weight or try to get healthy or do get a raise at a job, it was always, I was defeated before I even started. And I was defeated up here. So that was in January of 2010 
But what that race taught me was I'm capable of doing things even when I don't think I can do them. And so in October of that year, so I, in January, so I actually quit my job two weeks later, which is crazy. I worked at Wells Fargo. I had a really good job. Um, and I decided that I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm going to run and I'm, I don't know. It was crazy. That's a whole different, that's a whole different thing. So I started training, I started counting calories and, um, I ran a marathon in October of 2010. And people would say, why are you doing that? And for the first time in my life, I said, because I can, because I can. So I want to tell you that that race was beautiful and it changed my life and that I had so many aha moments, but that's not the truth. The truth is, is that when I showed up to that race after months of training, over a year of training, being a runner, I, by that time I was at 200 pounds, I had lost weight. Um, I compared myself to everyone around me. I'm the fattest girl here. Everyone here is fit. I'm already failing. Um, by, I went out way too fast. And by mile nine, I was crying, saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. Um, I ran 26.2 miles that day, defeated, and I was a failure. And by mile 19, I had quit. I, the sweet bus went past me. I quit. I sat in the cop car that said, you're not going to be able to finish. So let me drive you to the finish line. And I sat there in this car. He gave me a banana and I watched these other people the back of the pack people. And this, there was one woman and she looked at me in the eyes while I was sitting in the back of the cop car. And I felt this emotion of now this self-fulfilling prophecy, you really are a failure. Look at you, you quit. You really are a failure. Out there, they're still trying. They don't care that the course is shut down. They don't care that the sweet bus went past them. Now you're the failure. And so this other thought went through my head that said, who do you want to wake up to tomorrow? The girl that finished the race, no matter if she got a shirt and a medal or the girl that quit. And right then I learned that I am a woman. I am a person that doesn't care about the result. I only care about finishing. I don't care about the time that I finish in. I don't care if I'm pulling my dead leg across the finish line. When I start something, I finish. That of course led into, I had pregnancies, I had surgeries. There was a lot of stops and starts. There was a lot of other races in there. But in 2019, I ran two marathons. I ran Grandma's Marathon in June and I ran Twin Cities Marathon in October. The problem with Twin Cities Marathon, which is this marathon that I'm talking about, is that they shut the race down at 6 p.m. or after six hours. So if you run slower than a 13.45 average per mile, you are not going to cross the finish line. And my first race, um, all of the water stops were picked up, City of St. Paul, shut it down. There was no finish line. And so for nine years, 
this thing haunted me. I literally would say, if you knew me back then, you would, you, people would say, what the heck is wrong with you about this race? And I said, it is my Goliath. I must conquer it. And so I would go, I would train and all of the fear and all of the anxiety would build because I still lived in this failure mentality. But what I learned over those nine years of stopping and starting and failing and trying again is the same thing that I learned with, with stopping emotional eating and stopping binging. Is that as long as you don't quit, as long as you say, I don't give a flying fart about what just happened. I need to pick myself up realign myself back to my boundaries. This is who I am. Read my why. This is who I am. This is the woman that I am. This is my worth. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm overcoming. And we stop looking at all of the comparison and we stop weighing ourselves and we stop looking at failure and we stop assigning ourselves the narrative that does not speak life. What is the opposite of life? It is death. So if you are speaking to yourself or you are allowing thoughts that are speaking to yourself that you're believing that are death, that are not life, we need to squash them. When I ran Twin Cities Marathon in 2019, the person that I had become Every single step, I did it with joy. There was no failure. I didn't care about my time. I didn't care if it took me seven hours and I didn't get a shirt again. Because the person that I became in the process of training for that race, it was no longer my identity. Your body is not your identity. This eating thing is not your identity. What you have accomplished, what you failed at, None of these things have anything to do with who you are. It is about the journey, not the destination, right? Because once we cross the finish line, there is another start line to start and there is another finish line to cross. And we, will, we have found this in our lives, right? Once we accomplish something, once we accomplish something, what's the next thing? What's the next book? What's the next challenge? Because, because we're living because we're overcoming, because we're always going to be in process, right? So we need to stop attaching our identities to what we do, to what we look like. We need to stop believing that our value is only placed in what we look like, what we do, how much money we make, that is not where our value is. Our value is, is, is God created. Our value is our identity. And we need to move into understanding that this thing, this freedom, this emotional eating is so much bigger and it's so much more than just about what you're putting in your mouth. 100% of this is what you are thinking. It is 100% a mindset. So this work that we've done this entire time has been about listening to the narrative that has been playing in your mind. 
what are you telling yourself about your body? What are you telling yourself about food? What are you telling yourself about stress? Here's what I'm going to say. Stress is only created in your mind. You have stressors, but the narrative, the, the voice, the thing that you create around the stressor is going to cause you to have stress in your emotions or not. It's all going to be about what you're thinking about. So let's say you have a person at work that is toxic and you have to deal with this person and she's super toxic and you feel so stressed when you're around her. You feel stressed when you're around her because she is a stressor, right? But can this person control how you feel? Are you allowing this person to control how you feel? Yes. So what do we need to do? We need to stop allowing this person to cause you stress, which means we have to change the story that we're telling ourselves about this person. And a lot of times that's where we ask the Holy Spirit to show up and say, okay, God, show me this person. How do you see this person? How do you perceive this person? Because it is always going to go back to our perception. I imagine that there is another person that you work with who has to interact with this woman who is not stressed out by her. Right? They can just shove it off. Oh, she's crazy. She's whacked out. Right? They don't allow this person to be a stressor in their lives. What have they done? They've changed the story that they tell themselves about this person. Did, did the woman change? Did the stressor change? No, just the narrative. We do the same thing with our boundaries in food freedom, okay? So, I bet that when you write your boundary down, and some of you I've talked to you about your boundaries already, and you've told me your boundaries, you've told me your, your, your descriptions, you've told me all of these things that you're going to do, and guess what I heard come out of your mouth? Bullshit. <laughs> and I heard you not believe what you said to me. I heard it. This person doesn't even believe what she's saying to me. <laughs> And do you know how amazing that is? Do you know how amazing that is? It's so amazing because that means that we get to get real. This is what I'm capable of doing right now. Yeah, I wanna eat three beautiful, organic, vegetable-driven, lean protein, grilled, and not full of, you know, sauteed in butter. I want to make and meal prep and do all, and I want this to be part of my personality. I want this to be who I am, right? But doing five different things, brand new things, to get there is not going to get you there. So if your boundaries are more than one thing, no.
knock it out. I want you to pick one thing. And if I can challenge you, I want you to pick the hardest thing to do for your one boundary. That might be, I don't know what it is, but you know what it is for you. I want you to pick the one thing that's too hard to do. So let me say this in the most lovingly way I can possibly can. Tara's laughing at me. <laughs> when this part of your brain, this saboteur, this part that's going to drive you to break this boundary, because your boundaries are not negotiable. Your boundaries are unbreakable, right? We aim with perfection because my boundaries are not negotiable. So the voice that's going to come against this is going to say, this is too hard. And this is what you're going to say. That's just your opinion. Because you have already done the training. This is the race. We're at week seven. You have done six weeks of training and whatever you've done before you've met with me, those were training. You've learned. This is what works. This is what doesn't work. This is too hard. This is, this is pretty easy. Uh, this is what it looks like when I obsess. This is what it looks like when I neglect. Uh, keto doesn't work. Paleo doesn't work. Intermittent fasting doesn't work. Look at all of this knowledge base that you have already. Look at all of this training that you've already gone through in your life where you know what's going to work and what doesn't work. You had this even before you came to me. So anything in your mind that says this is too hard, I can't do this, is completely irrelevant because you're doing it. You are holding this boundary. You have a thing in your mind. I think it's called a reticular. No, I'm just going to find it. Reticular activator, I believe, is the name of it. Okay, we're just going to pretend that's its name. So reticular activator. It is a part of your brain that filters new information, filters your environment, and it says, I can do this, I can't do this, right? And is the part of your brain that you are probably going to be coming up against in not necessarily implementing your boundaries, but holding your boundaries. Now, it takes at least 10 to 15 times of you extinguishing the lies extinguishing the things that are going to come against you in order for your reticular activator to understand, are we doing something new? Because she's, she's told me this whole time that, that we're doing this thing, but I don't actually believe her. But now that we continue to do this, am I supposed to be doing a new thing here? And that's when neuroplasticity starts to take place. So all of those times that you've done something Monday through Friday and you've held your boundaries 
and here comes the weekend. And why is this so much harder? It's because it's, you've only done it five times. Those times that you've done the 21 day challenges, right? And then by day 22, you're in the cupboard and you're binging and you're going through the drive-thru and you're eating all of the things that you weren't allowed to eat during your 21 day thing, right? What were you thinking about those 21 days? I can't wait till day 22 and I can eat all the stuff. Was that what you were thinking? Well, that's what your brain was holding on to, right? What about the potluck that, or the, the grad parties that are coming up? Y'all, my calendar, I'm glad that I'm taking a Sabbath because there are so many grad parties that I have to go to. Are we making plans to blow our boundaries because something's on our calendar? Or are we going to allow the hard, the discomfort, to teach us because hard is irrelevant it is totally irrelevant this means that we are doing it anyway so there is no negotiation there is no compromise we do not break this one boundary and the reason that we do not break this one boundary is because the person that you wake up to tomorrow you're going to have to face her. And I can guarantee you that facing yourself tomorrow is harder than not eating the crap today. Answering for your behavior today, tomorrow, that emotion, that feeling, that self-harm, that self-hate, that deprecating, that narrative that starts playing is harder to live with than it is to just not eat right now. Okay, so this boundary that you made, it is not to self-harm. It is not to self-deprecate. This is self-care. And self-care is not easy. Self-care requires us to do the hard thing. That is the, 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 the world likes to give you a perverted sense of self-care. I actually call it self-pampering. The world says self-care is doing whatever you want, loving whoever you want, I, that's not, nope, we're not going to go there. Doing whatever you want because you feel like doing it. Do what your heart wants you to do. That is not true self-care. And that is not true compassion. Compassion and kindness says you are being a complete jerk right now to yourself. Put the Cheetos down. Because real self-care would say, Okay, now you were made for more than this. Go for a walk. Carla, you're feeling angry right now because you feel someone subtracted from you. Maybe you need to go cry about it. Wendy, you had a hard day at work and you may think that the chocolate in the freezer is your self-care, 
but sitting with these emotions, working through the, this discomfort is actual self-care because that is what is compassionate. Jesus did not walk around this earth going around saying, do whatever you want to do because I'm compassionate and kind. He said, no, look at this. This thing right here, this is killing you. I'm going to show you why you're allowing it to happen in your life. I'm going to heal you. Go and don't, and don't do it anymore. Keep your healing. That was compassion. That was kindness. Truth. Honesty. There are things that we are doing in our lives that are killing us. The enemy wants nothing more than for us to be sick, for us to have disease, for us to be so self-centered and so self-focused that we're not spreading the gospel. So your boundary is uncomfortable. Good. As long as you're not harming yourself. As long as you're not like, like don't harm yourself at all. Like this is self-care. And I don't want to see any like, I'm going to eat 800 calories a day. No, that is not self-care <laughs> or sustainable. That is still harming yourself. So self-care is not easy. It requires doing the hard thing. So these thoughts that are going to come up, which we're going to provoke in a minute, somebody's going to volunteer their declaration and their boundary. The things that are going to come up, we are going to provoke this voice. It is the exercise that you are to do this week. And then walking this boundary out for 30 days, you are to provoke this voice every single morning, three to five times. You're reading your why, you're reading your declarations, you're reading your boundary. And then you're going to hit that. So what's the opinions? What's the saboteur? What's the voice that's going to say, I can't do this? Is it going to point me to, oh, I'm so stressed out. I really just need McDonald's. No. You're allowing yourself to be stressed. So, finishing off talking about discomfort. It is proven. The Navy SEALs have proved it. People that go through Navy SEAL training. We stop at 40% of what we're actually capable of doing. 40%. So if our 100% is 26.2 miles, what's 40%? Oh, God. No, I just, all right. 100% is 20. I can't, can I do 40? Yep, I can do 40. Can I? 100% is 100 miles. <laughs> I can't do that. If 100% is 100 miles, okay? And I trained for 100 miles. And I get to my race. And at mile 40, I'm uncomfortable. Right? You're going to be uncomfortable. Right? But I'm trained for 100 miles. You are trained for 100 miles. So why are we stopping at 40 miles? Why are we stopping at 40%? We're stopping at 40% because this is when we start to get uncomfortable. This is when we're starting to renew our minds. This is when our reticular activator is going, whoa, 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 whoa. This is when neuroplasticity starts to happen. This is when the lies that we've been telling ourselves are actually starting to show themselves as lies. 
this is when our true self starts to come forward. The, the part where we actually have to start believing in ourselves, the part where all of those, those things that have told us we're never going to get there, we're never going to make it, are actually dispelled because we're starting to step into our true identity. And I can tell you, that's really scary. Having self-control and, and not using the same things that, that I've been going back to for my emotion emotional reasons, because that's no longer part of my identity anymore. It's really scary to be a different person. It's really scary because you don't know who this person is. If you knew me five years ago, I was the, the most cynical, defeated, failed, failure, like, you guys. I did not believe that joy could be mine or peace could be mine. I did not know how to love. I didn't, I had no self-control. Sure. I could, I could run far and, 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 and have a calorie deficit, but that's it. So the woman that you see today, she had to be created. She had to be unearthed. God had to do a work. And the only thing that I had to do was let him. So maybe you just need to let this happen while you hold your boundaries. Okay. So that means Navy SEALs, we give up at 40% of our, of our capacity, 40% of our capability. It's because something got hard. We got uncomfortable. And you are going to be uncomfortable holding your boundaries. You are going to find things out about yourself, about your life, about your emotions, about your thoughts that you had never known were there. And it, you're going to be uncomfortable. But I want you to put this in your head. Discomfort is an opportunity for growth all the time. Emotional eating, I believe, for, for some of us, at least for me, I had an idol of comfort. I always had to be comfortable. I never... I can never feel, I, oh, don't make me feel, oh, don't make me love, oh, don't make me cry. Oh. That's an idol of comfort. And it's a counterfeit comfort because our true comfort can only come from the capital C comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. So when we start giving up at our 40%, that means there's a whole 60% that we have not tapped into yet, right? It is time for you to go 100 miles. This is the time. You are not giving up at 40%. You are not giving up at 60%. You are going to cross this finish line. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable you get. It doesn't matter how many times. It doesn't matter if you are limping across that finish line with a pulled hamstring and you shat yourself. It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> you are going to cross this finish line. And I want you to put the finish line for you right now at 30 days. 30 days of holding these lines, 30 days of holding these boundaries, 30 days of not negotiating. Okay. Does that mean in these 30 days that you have to be perfect? No. Are we aiming for perfection? Yeah. But what are we doing when we don't hit it? You get to practice forgiving yourself with dignity. 
does that mean that you're not going to create a plan if you're going to a grad party and you're like, all right, am I going to eat before? Am I going to get one plate? What, what's going on here? You need a plan. But what if you weren't planning on eating a piece of cake that day and you did? Does that mean you're going to go have a binge? No, that means that you are giving yourself an opportunity to forgive yourself and to do the next right thing at your next meal and not allow that cake to have anything to do with anything. You are learning a completely new way of eating and dealing with yourself. Totally new. So here's the last question. Is it ever going to get easier? Yes and no. Is it going to be easier for you to hold your boundaries? Is it going to be easier for you to stop negotiating? Yes, because it's going to become part of who you are. That why person that you saw or whatever you made for your why, you're working towards her. She wants you to cross the finish line, right? But what's gonna happen when after these 30 days are gonna happen? What are you gonna find? You're probably going to be aware of something else and you're going to add to your discomfort. I'll pull Carla for a minute because I can remember her boundary. So Carla's first boundary is not eating after 7 p.m., okay? So she's going to practice that for the 30 days. Um, now, after 30 days that she does it, whether she does it perfectly or not, doesn't matter. But she might find, you know what, that, that next thing that I had written down about adding vegetables, I'm going to try that. I'm going to add that. So I am a woman who values my health, and therefore I do not eat after 7 p.m., and I add a vegetable at every meal. And then she's going to practice that, right? And then maybe she's going to start um, going for a walk every day. And then maybe she's going to start going for a long bike ride on Saturdays. And then maybe she's, you know, this thing is going to progress. But we're starting with one thing. And pushing into the discomfort of this one thing and not thinking that you have to do a million is also going to be uncomfortable. Because the world has taught us that we must do all the things. Okay, so I want to, um, on one of the feedback forms, somebody wrote, I need in the moment, I need in the moment coaching. Now, I like to use the stop, drop, and roll because it's easy to remember. Help, my brain is on fire and I'm binging. Stop, drop, and roll. Stop what you're doing. Drop to your knees. Roll your cares on Jesus. But... I want to be honest when I say this. It might be too late in the middle of a binge for you to stop because you've already left your body. You're already dissociating. You're already saying, I don't want to feel this. And so I'm gone. So the best practice is to be proactive and then to evaluate after, right? But you can ask the same questions that you can. I have actually asked myself in the pantry. Okay, <laughs> what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What am I feeling? 
What do I really need? You can ask, what, what am I avoiding? What is my true comfort? Asking yourself these self-awareness, these mindful questions. And I know some of us don't like the word mindfulness, but what is the opposite of mindfulness is mindlessness. And that is what we do when we binge. We're mindless. It's mindless eating. So being mindful, asking yourself the questions, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What am I feeling? What am I running from? What am I trying not to feel? Um, and if we can't do it in the moment, do it after. What was I running from? And I do like to look at 24 hours. Because I'm not a, and maybe this is just a progression for me, but I'm not a boom, trigger, eat. I'm a build, 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 lose self-control because it's too much, eat. Okay. All right. So who wants to be brave and bring me their declaration and we can work through it together live as a, um, or their boundaries, sorry, that we can work through together. Let me get my piece of paper. Well, my declaration is I'm a woman of worth. I'm full of vitality plus physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I love and trust myself, which is a huge one. Um, I'm choosing life this 24 hours, and I'm at peace. And then my question, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. My question is about my food boundary. Okay. Because I have two. I have choosing to fill my plate with half with veg vegetables. And I'm using food as fuel and stay one to four on the hunger scale. The hardest one is the hunger scale. Yep. Let's do that. Yeah. And then I did my flies, which I hadn't really written them down before. Do you want to hear those or no? Go ahead. I'm, st I'm staying free for my health. I'm staying free from my intimacy with Father God, and I hate the circle of hell I was in. I'm staying free to love and trust and honor myself. I'm staying free to eat for fuel, and I'm staying comfortable in my own body. I'm staying free because truly it's a matter of life or death while living. I'm staying free because God has great plans for me. I've listened to lies and shut up at times, so no more. I'm staying free because those around me love to see me thriving and full of vitality plus. Um, my question to you is, are you comfortable in your own body now? Which means not that you're not pushing yourself, all that, but you know, like, are you comfortable? Like I'm not comfortable usually in my own skin, it feels like. So, Okay, so that is that is a two-part question. Number one, um, I'm comfortable now with who I am in here. And that hopefully being comfortable with who I am in here reflects outward. Um, there is a confidence inside of me now since this thing has been licked that I didn't have before. And I believe it kind of, I can exude that confidence. Um, number two, 
Um, I weigh 180 pounds and mm -hmm. I have weighed at over 300 pounds. And um, this is a thing and this is mm -hmm. a thing. Mm -hmm. And I have loose skin and I've had three babies and I've had, you know, surgeries and stuff. And I still feel like um, losing another 15 to 20 pounds would, would help with that, help my, the way that I see myself. Cause I also still have some body dysmorphia mm -hmm. where I feel bigger than I am still. Yeah. And I've been here for four years. Wow. Yeah. So I would say I'm still working on that. Um, I'm still working on my, my, the physical, like how I view my body, but sure. I want to be strong and capable and fit. And so knowing thinness does not equal health and fitness. I focus, my focus is completely different now where I don't weigh myself. I don't care about the size of my jeans. I really just care about like this morning I went for a five mile walk and, um, how did I feel after that walk? Did it kill me or did it give me energy? Like I'm gauging myself differently. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that everything is hunky dory and I love myself and I have no body shame, but that's not the truth. Um, I've had a thing with my body since I was four and I like who I am. Mm. That's my truth. I like who I am. I guess I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, I know that comes through this work. Moving smoother. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Moving smoother. Not 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 paying for you, whatever. I mean at this point, but but um because I feel cumbersome. Sure. Many times. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, I I went to a wedding out in Colorado once and I was walking from the car to the place to sit down and I broke my ankle. Oh my I rolled gosh. my ankle and broke it because I was, I was heavy and that was just my life. You know, I broke ankles, I broke feet. And, mm -hmm. um, so I would say that I went to cumbersome to capable and I feel <laughs> capable. And, mm -hmm. and that to me is freeing where if somebody mm -hmm. said, Hey, you want to do this warrior dash on Saturday? Yeah, I can mm -hmm. do that. You know, Sarah, I feel like you want to say something to that. I had to get my mouse in the right spot. <laughs> um, I don't know that I do have, I, gosh, I just am sitting here <laughs> thinking, first of all, I have sand on my head because I led a, a rev class with a bunch of girls and we did a parachute and it threw sand up everywhere. But, oh gosh, L Lindsay, I think that my toes are sore <laughs> from this one. 
today it's been so good like it's in the best possible way you've stepped off my toes um with these in in the best possible way um with the boundaries are non-negotiable and gosh Kay I just love your heart too to know like well I like inside yes I I feel like when Lindsay as you shared your story just inside yes I I do feel like I'm there but it's the outside that just the cumber you know cumbersome to capable gosh that's what I would love um but what you just said about the 40 percent it's and what did you say like it, I don't even know the other 60 percent I don't even know that that's person that hasn't been unearthed yet that that hit that hit differently the 60 percent of a person that I know is capable in there yet I've never pushed myself like I've never allowed her sure I pushed myself in different veins but never allowed her to come out fully and I think like you said it's scary because I'm like I don't know that I know who that person is what is, what is she like? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, good, good stepping on the toes, by the okay. way. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, okay. Let's, okay. Now let's go through. Um, so your boundary choosing food for fuel and eating according to the hunger scale of one through four. So I want you to give me we're just going to do five. I like to do 15, but we're a little bit shorter on time. So, okay, now I want you to tell me five reasons why you cannot abide by this boundary. Whatever is coming to your head. The one to four? Yeah. Eating for fuel and the one to <clears> four. <throat> four. I don't want to quit. You don't want to quit? I don't want to quit. Eating. Okay. I don't want to stop to think. Like, I mean, haven't I done enough? <laughs> I fill my plate with vegetables. <laughs> Get the protein in. Um, so it's a sidetrack, right? Um, I don't know if I want to quit at four. That that's really uncomfortable. Some days. <clears throat> It makes me stop and think. I'm meeting at the dining room table. That's a miracle right there. Because sometimes I'm just alone at the dining room table because he's watching TV with his food. Um, and I always did too. Sometimes I was at zero this weekend. That was a desperate feeling. Okay. Let's talk about that. Um, zero, feeling desperate. What did that provoke? What emotion did that provoke in you? Angry. Okay. What it's were my standard. Um, angry because I didn't plan ahead enough. We were out in the middle of the coast range, nothing, nothing anywhere. Um, I didn't plan, I didn't plan ahead. And I thought I didn't, I didn't plan ahead for myself. I just didn't anticipate we'd be there that long, et cetera. Um, okay. So were you blaming yourself for something out of your control? 
<laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why else can't, can't you hold this boundary of eating food for fuel and eating according to the hunger scale of one to four? It slows me down too much. I mean, I'm, I'm just here, you know, what I would, that other saboteur thought, thought you know, it's, it, it slows me down way too much. Um, I'm looking for the easy way, looking for an easy way, you know, eat the vegetables. I can do that. My eyes closed. <laughs> um, I have to think, I have to think about, there is so, there's so much thought and this is, I mean, I, I did my why and it was like so much work. <laughs> so whine, whine, right? <laughs> I'm whining because it's hard. It's, it's time consuming. Um, but is this, are you worth the time you are spending on this? Yeah. Yeah. Long overdue. Yeah. Good. So all of these things are completely valid. Um, I don't really see any lies in here that are coming forward except, um, you know, wanting, well, there's a couple reframes that we can do in here, but to be honest with you, all of these things that you're thinking about, I don't want to quit eating at four. I don't want to stop. Quitting at four is uncomfortable. It makes me stop and think. It slows me down. I'm looking for easy. It makes you think. This is real and valid. None of these are lies. None of these are anything that we need to reframe. Nice. Um, but all of these things are opportunities for you to push into the hard, to push into the discomfort of learning this new way of doing something and really seeing how much self-control you actually have. And you are learning something new. It is going to be uncomfortable. There are going to be stops and starts and, and shoot, I ate until I was at a seven and, and I wasn't even mindful. There is going to be rebellion. <laughs> All of that <laughs> stuff comes up. It comes up. It's true. But then giving yourself the opportunity to work your resilience muscle, getting back at it, you know, forgiving yourself with dignity, coming back into onto your boundary. Um, the thing that I want to stress about, about doing this is that I don't think that you ever want to have to find another diet plan or program again, that you don't want to have Ugh. to count, that you don't want to have to figure out what I'm going to do. And the reason that this is so uncomfortable is because you are learning how to trust yourself. You're learning how to trust your body and you're coming back into your body and you're saying, what do I need? What number am I at? You're being mindful with your no. eating. And it's incredibly uncomfortable sometimes for us to be in our bodies because then we start to feel what else is in there. Then we start that to That trust grief. thing. Yeah. It's huge. hundred percent. Yeah. So really this boundary is, Kanel is learning how to trust herself. 
She's learning how to trust her body. She's learning that she doesn't need to eat an emotion. Um, but she, she knows how to do the work. And this is what you're learning is, is just how to do this work. Um, so I hear, um, a lie and it's, um, that you're expecting too much of yourself. Um, and one thing that I was thinking of while you were speaking and I was waiting to see if the Lord was like prompting me to say it. And remember what Lindsay said, one boundary for 30 days, not 10, not 15, not, you know, vegetables on your plate. Um, you, you know what I'm talking about, I feel, without me having to describe it. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm here just to say, just remember one boundary um, mm -hmm. instead of doing too much. And the rest will follow, as Lindsay said. Yeah. And this one is, is incredibly difficult. This was the hardest, the hardest thing that I had to learn. But I'm telling you, 30 days, you have it, you will have it. And, and that is not 30 days of perfection. That, that is 30 days of, sorry, Wendy, what's up? Oh, I also wanted to add, I mean, um, it's kind of the same thing as Tara um, and where I'm going with my boundaries actually. Um, is that give yourself credit for your successes yeah. mm -hmm. and simplify that. And, and like you said, simplify my one boundary right now is just, I'm a woman of worth. That's it. That's what I need to remember. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn off my camera because I'm going to get kicked off because of my office. I was excited. Um, last night okay we'll just go for the one <laughs> one major success was stayed up uh later and didn't have the tv on but i was i was working you know thinking about food thinking about oh what, what could i get and went into the kitchen for something else and it and it hit me again and normally i would do, and i and i just I said what you sometimes said, oh, hell, no, Jesus' name, no. And it, it was such a powerful moment for me. And to go to bed, just not stuffed. <laughs> Amen. So. Amen. Sometimes what helps me when I hit my four or five um, is I have a signal to myself where I'll say, kitchen's closed. I'm at a five. I'm at a four. I'm done. Sometimes I'll look at the clock and I'll say my next meal is at five o'clock. My next meal is at six o'clock. And because our brain wants the answer, well, what else can I eat? Well, you're not eating until six. Um, or you're not eating until you're at a one. Or you're not eating until you're at a zero, right? But I will give myself the answer that, that, that my brain is searching for. Like, can we have more? What you know, what about if we're having a movie? What time are we eating our next meal? What are we eating? Give yourself the answer. That's why meal planning and, and doing the food planning is important. I'm eating at 6 p.m. and we're having sweet potatoes and chicken and broccoli. Boom, that's what we're having. I don't even have to think about food until 5.30, right? So having a signal, whether it's brushing your teeth or making yourself a cup of tea or going for a water or whatever, a water, going for a walk or drinking a glass of water, 
or um, one lady I had would play with her dog, like just whatever. Um, and it's actually proven that a 10 minute walk after your meal will greatly reduce your blood sugar spike and and will help insulin sensitivity, which will reduce insulin resistance, which reduces type two diabetes. Um, and it's 10 minutes, you know, five or 10 minutes. But since you're subtracting something, since you're taking something away from yourself, like with that nighttime eating or with snacking or with eating a certain food group, whatever your boundary is, there's, you are restricting something, right? Let's add also. Let's add a walk. Let's add a cup of tea. Let's add a signal. Let's add whatever. Um, because there's a research going around that I'm, I'm starting to look into that because this is eventually going to be going from to food freedom, you know, binge cessation, and then we are going to be doing nutrition and weight loss. But they've been finding that when we approach our boundaries with gratitude and joy that this is a get to and not a have to, that it literally changes the game and it allows us to become in a state of flow and effortlessness. So even adding like two minutes, you know, like we say grace before we eat, even adding two minutes of gratitude, which is uncomfortable because it's two minutes, um, it increases serotonin, it increases dopamine, it lights up certain parts of our brain and it, it helps us create this flow state, which is, really what we want to, especially when we're doing hard things like, like breaking, breaking things, we're breaking things, right? I don't know. It's 12 o'clock. I'm done talking. Okay. So, um, Thursday, we're also going to be doing this too, because the more I do this, the more I see that we should actually probably be doing boundaries at, at the beginning and not the end, or we should have an entire month entire four weeks devoted just to this 30 days that we're focusing and really rooting in this. So I'm, 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 I'm seeing where things need to, to, to be better, where things can be improved. Um, so if you have your boundaries, what, what is 30 days from today? Um, whenever you put your boundary into place, it's June 16th, it's 30 days from today. Um, there are trackers that I made on, on the membership area where you can do these things for 30 days, you know, have a calendar, really start looking at your successes. Okay, now if, if you follow the hunger scale for lunch and dinner but not breakfast, those are still two successes, right? Um, if you follow the hunger scale Monday through Saturday, but on Sunday after lunch, you went out with family and you ate at a buffet and you went hog wild, that is still a bunch of success, especially if you forgave yourself and you moved on and you picked up right where you left off on Monday morning. Because next week when we, when we learn about res recovery, it's all going to be about resilience. It's going to be about how you pick yourself back up after and, and working this muscle. 
Okay, we have to be done. But um, thank you for a good call and keep pressing into those. Get your 15, you know, things that are coming up. If you want to post them in the Facebook group, we can. If we want to start doing a 30-day challenge, not challenge, that sounds so hokey, but a 30-day thing, do it together. Let's do it um, because we need support. We need accountability. We need to pick, get help ourselves be picked up back up after we fail. All right. Lord, I thank you for this call. Um, I just I just want your Holy Spirit to be so palpable to these women um, that they know that you are with them. They know that you are empowering them. They know that you are walking right next to them. They know that they are right where they're supposed to be. Lord, we just come against all shame, all fear, all condemnation, all deception, all lies, all false, false narratives, all opinions, and really all death that wants to kill, steal, and destroy from progress. Um, and from doing this thing. So we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, have a good day. See you Thursday, hopefully in the Facebook group. Bye. Hey, everyone. Before we get started on today's podcast, I wanted to let you know that the $99 self-paced coaching for food freedom is live on the website. All you have to do is go over to takebackyourterritory.com slash foodfreedom and sign up for the $99 self-paced program. Now, what is this about? So there are over 30 brand new recorded coaching videos that I've taken the last six months of helping more than several dozen people get free from emotional eating. I've taken all of those coachings. I've re-recorded the videos. I've put them up on the website. They're also in more bite-sized um, aspects so that you're not just watching these hour-long videos like we were doing before. But they're between five and 15 minutes so that you can really get a grasp on everything that I'm talking about in the book and what people who are going through the group and the one-on-one coaching, what they get as well. So not only do you get all of the new coaching videos, but because you have a lifetime membership to the membership area for Food Freedom, all of the updates, you see, I'm not gonna stop coaching. And as I go along, when the Lord unlocks more things and when we have more people getting free and they start saying, well, this is what worked for me, I add to the coaching videos. So you will have access to this for life. You also have the $50 value that you get um, in Food Freedom. You get the workbook. It is a 45-page workbook that is a downloadable, printable version of the workbook. And I will say that there is going to be a published version of the workbook coming out, I believe, in 2022, but we will see what happens. Um, so for now, you get the printable workbook. It is, again, a $50 value. You get that included. You also get all of the pre-recorded coaching videos that I've already done when I recorded those back in December when I launched this program. You get all of the free recorded freedom calls um, that I do with the group and the one-on-one -on -one coaching over in Food Freedom. And so here's what you need to understand is that the $99 self-paced coaching is going to be at your pace because healing an emotional eating disorder 
and losing weight are two completely different things. What I like you to do here is just focus on freedom. It's just focus on healing that emotional eating disorder. We don't talk about weight loss here at all. And so being a self-paced program, that means that if it takes you one or two or three weeks to be able to go through one chapter in the book or one week that we would normally do over in the group coaching, then take the time that you need. There are people that are going through the program that we're on week seven and they're like, hey, I'm still back on week three because the Lord is doing such a huge and holy work in me. And they kind of feel like they got to, you know, catch up. But the great thing about this is that these videos are always going to be available to you and you don't have to go at a group pace. You go at your own self pace. So $99. 100% of the proceeds from this self-paced program goes to World Orphans. You guys, this program, I've partnered with them. I can't wait to start um, supporting them and be an ambassador for World Orphans. If you want to hear more about this program, who are, there are people that are, they're, they're helping parents, they're helping orphans, they're helping people all over the world create businesses, putting money in their pockets so that they will never have to put their children up for adoption or put them in an orphanage. Again, there's 153 million orphans in this world and 85% of those orphans have a relative that is living. And that basically just means that they can't afford to feed their children or to put clothes on them or, or to take them into school. But what World Orphans does is it, it allows people, it gives people the resources, it gives people the tools to be able to provide for their families, to have their children in the home, and they are doing an amazing work. So 100% of the proceeds from self-paced is going to World Orphans. You can go to worldorphans.org. You can find out more about them. To sign up for the program, just go to takebackyourterritory.com slash foodfreedom. If you have any questions, please reach out to me online. Send me a message. Send me an email. I can't wait for you to get started.